welcome to the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Focused on providing valuable information for anyone looking to undertake a new build or extension project. We'll share our tips, tricks and stories from a building designer's perspective. Another edition of the Building Design Primetime Podcast. Um, once again, we've got Frank here, and today we're going to talk about builders. Builders, how to choose your perfect your builder. builder. So, yes, very important part. I love working with builders, anyway. And we're we're lucky. We actually work with a few here. Oh, lots, and us. I say this to everyone, uh, when I've got a builder on board and when we're doing the design and going through all the approvals, um, it's the best uh, best outcome at the end of the day. Everyone's clear, budgets. It, it, if you're all on the same page, uh, the communication's really great between all parties, the owner, the designer and the builder, great result. Definitely. And it's that cohesive sort of team approach that we we try and encourage don't we oh encourage all the time love it but how do you know if you've got the perfect builder for you that's a really good question there's there's a lot of builders out there and you know there's the word owner builder out there as well let's not talk about that one at the moment so that's someone who chooses to build their own house and they want to do it that's right but so we're referring to accredited builders yes accredited under the tasmanian system you have to have a license it's no different as a designer. I have to have a licence. And engineers have to have a licence. And geotech engineers have to have a licence. So there's all these licences. So people carry professional indemnity insurance. And they have to do um, continual professional development. So they improve at what they do. Whenever you're talking to a builder, ask them for their licence. It's very simple. And you can check online. Uh, under the CBOS in Tasmania. Uh, the it, It's really important, I don't care where you are in Australia, um, you need to do background search on who's going to build your house because they're spending a lot of your money. Um, everyone's heard the horror stories of building companies collapsing and I know of some clients recently, they asked their builders to uh, ask their accountant to say they're in a good financial position and I don't think it's unreasonable to ask that because if they, as I've seen, builders go under, cause total mayhem, problems with the banks, finances, prices go up, it literally is your worst nightmare. So make sure you do your background research. So CBOS would be the best place well, to search Well, that's for the licence, but when it comes down to financials, you need to ask them, can your accountant send us a letter to say that you are in a financially good position to build this house and your current projects, finish all your current projects. Yeah, wow. Sounds a bit personal and all that, but if if it goes wrong, there's not many things in life that are much worse. Oh, it's pretty bad and I actually have first-hand experience um, of that and um, basically like my entire family lost thousands of dollars mm, trying yeah. to get things um well, one, fixed, and then yes. two, um, trying to find a new builder. And that new builder doesn't want to take on someone else's work. That's right. So or they become indemnified or they just refuse to do the work. 
So, look, I, I think if you do your research um, on trying to find the right builder, find out what you want. Uh, the one of the biggest things I ask is, is ask them about their previous projects, and if you can go meet those clients, they're going to give you the, t- the all the testimony you'll ever need. Oh, definitely. So, did they communicate well? Timeframes, neat variations. Was the contract? Did they get everything they want in the contract? Was there cost overruns? Things weren't chosen, whatever it may be. It could be a. You can have a great builder, but poor administration, and that's just as frustrating. And I've seen that as well. They're just poor administrators, and then uh, they don't get the paperwork up to date. Uh, they don't communicate that very well. You may get very late variations. Uh, which is a change in the builders an extra cost. Yeah, those are the things you need to know because if their administration paperwork's really good, generally their communication is very good, then you've got a good builder. What else can people look for when they're going through a contract from a builder? Like what, what's included, what's not included? Well, that's an open-ended question at the end of the day because if... Oh, I just got this saying from someone, you know, if you're getting a contract, but even the quote, if your quote is small, as in the quote for your house is very small, it's only on one sheet, it's likely it's small in detail, then it's big in problems, big in variations, and, and it's very true. If it's not clear what's been included into the house, and we're talking about, I'll use the example of the kitchen, there's a thing called provisional sum so they've allowed a dollar figure for something so if you do a kitchen they they may say oh i've allowed a twenty thousand dollar pc item and you've had this idea of stone tops and this type of cooktop this type of overheads with you know doors with glass in it and all you've had this vision and they're only allowed twenty thousand dollars but the reality is it's a sixty thousand dollar kitchen but it hasn't been allowed for in that quote because it's a PC item, it's not accurate to what your dream is. That's when the expectations get shattered through the build process and the arguments start, you've got variations, you've borrowed X amount of dollars and now you're asking for more money to get what you wanted that should have been clarified at the, before the contract's even signed. Now, I've worked with other builders and um, uh, did one myself and... I was floored at how much detail was in it. It was pages and pages and pages and pages of all the, everything I had in there, down to the type of, it's a brick veneer house, what type of joint between the bricks. Wow, that's very specific. Yeah, it's very specific. So you get to choose that. Yeah, remember the handles, the knobs, it was brilliant. And they had photos of all the products next to it as well. It was highly detailed. I knew exactly what I was getting. And to then that gives you confidence, you know exactly what's going in there. Now, that doesn't help if you've made the wrong choice, that's another matter. But at least you know exactly, it's, and if it's a fixed price, which is during to all the carnage of um, the price rises we've had, um, that, that's also quite difficult. But a uh, cost plus contract where this is how much it costs and they put their margin on it, Mm-hmm. is a good way to go. It's open book, it's fair. At the end of the day, you, you want what you want in your house 
and it needs to be clear in the selections and what is put into the contract. I know during the sort of boom of everything happening all at once with the um, the grants and everything that were happening and the price and rises, the price rises, yes. specifically the the price rises. Some builders actually during that time, I think, even refused to quote a fixed price. At the end of it, that was crap because they were going broke, it and that's why a lot of them went broke. Oh yeah, it was. It's horrific. It was yeah. totally horrific. But, I mean, are we getting to that point, do you think, where most builders are happy to do a fixed price? Right now? No. I've been talking to a few builders right now. Um, February, it's February 2023 and they're still not confident. So how would, say, a quantity surveyor tie back into that? Is, is that valuable? Is that going to help Gives you an indication. It's a price that's been given at that specific time. It doesn't control what change in six months' time. So that's how you've got to take it. The prices aren't holding at the moment. Eventually it will, it will come back and prices will be fixed. But you can understand while everyone's nervous. Because if, if builders have honoured to build their house for that price, they have worn the price rises in a lot of cases and that's why they made no money. And that's why some of them have gone belly up. That's right. It's horrible. It is awful. No one wins in that situation. So this is, you, you can understand why I keep harping on doing your research. Um, the other th- thing I feel very important about is how well they communicate. Um, subject to the type of builder and size of the builder, some have um, these wonderful softwares that they use. They do all their estimating, all, they order everything with their subcontractors, you know, your plasterers, plumbers, all through this. Um, they do payments, you know, your uh, slab payments, roof framing, all these payments through this system. And they send you emails on a regular basis and photos of the job. Wow. Telling you exactly when it, what's happening. Great, great tool. And then you know what's happening all the time. I think it's a wonderful tool and an effective way of communicating. Now that we have phones, with you know we can't live without them. I think take all these photos and communicate. You communicate with your customer really well, and there's no reason not to anymore. And it's one of those things too, where you know builders are on a project for a number of weeks, sometimes several months. Yes. Um, that communication side of it, I think, becomes so much more important when when it is, well, probably the most expensive thing you'll ever invest in. It's pretty up there. Also, when there's challenges on site, unforeseen items, you know, they need to communicate that fast and maybe it takes a site visit to have a look at. It's not necessarily a mistake. It's a thing that wasn't unexpected. It's in the ground or something like that or um, something might have gone wrong with a product and they get in, they make you aware, look, we're getting it, just let you know this has happened, someone's damaged something, we're replacing it, it's being fixed. You know, it's good communication and open, honest communication. How do timeframes work with builders? Because I know that's it's a really big one and I know it's probably a bit of an open-ended question because it kind of depends on each and every project, that they're all very different, but... Is there a, a standard build time or how does it work in particular maybe for a new development? Like what do you, what do you have to wait on? Well, if we're just purely at the time frame of the build, 
So when you dig it, yeah, dig the first hole, to when you've done your final inspection, payments been made, and, you hand, and they hand the keys over to you. Every build is slightly different on that total process. Depends how well organised they are. Their sub trades they rely so heavily on all their sub trades, and in some cases they can build houses relatively quick. I'm talking between the three to four month level. In the current climate with the sheer volume of works, all the sub-trades are, are, are flat out. They are struggling to make it to the next job. Let's just look at bricklayers. If it rains, they can't lay bricks. If the if it's windy, the roofers can't put roof sheeting on. Um, if There's all these little things that happen, and as soon as one of those trades go out by a couple of days, and I'll use, let's say, the concreter, so that's the foundation for your house. If he's been delayed because of weather, let's just say weather, by a week, that means everyone from the guys who are doing the frame, for the windows that turn up on site to the roof sheeting, the guttering, the plastering, everything all the way through, it's delayed by a week. And it's hard to condense that sometimes. So these, a really good builder has these organised really, really well. They plan well. They communicate well with their sub-trades. And sometimes they can make it up and sometimes they can't. And that's where there's a bit of grace that's got to be given within this process. There's things beyond their control. We all have things that happen in our lives, you know, with our kids, family, car accidents, um, just stuff that happens in life. This happens to all the builders and their sub-trades too. Um, And you get those delays and it just has a compounding effect through the whole build process. Yeah, I can see that going horrendously wrong because I imagine that a lot of the sub-trades would have other jobs booked in and then you're kind of trying to work around that as well. That's exactly right. And that's why sometimes you see some from work on Saturdays and Sundays to play catch-up. I've seen quite a few tradies working on the weekend. Yeah. And they're like business owners like anyone else and they, you know, if they're any good at what they do and they pride their reputations, they will go out of their way to try and meet deadlines you know, for, for really good, their customers, which is the builders. Now, I want to kind of jump ship to something else. Sure. Inclusions. Yeah. So I think that's really important because every builder's different in, I guess, the extent to you what they explain what the inclusions are? Well, it, well, doesn't it depend? It sort yes. of, it depends on the builder. Like, for example, you may get, you know, your driveway included or some landscaping or... Um, it's sort of one of those check the fine print sort of deals, uh, I guess, is it? Well, it's not check the fine print. It should be clear on the contract what's included, what's not included. Um, when you talk about standard inclusions, I look at it from the project builders. The bigger builders, that all volume builders, if you want to call it that, they have their price for the houses. It's fixed with this type of kitchen, this floor covering, this air conditioning or heating unit, this type of skirting, like they have their standard inclusion. They give them all these cool names and stuff too. And you've got to be very sure to have a look at their display homes to look at what you actually get and you're happy with it. So that's pretty standard what they allow. And it's a good way to see that. Uh, you know, are you happy with that laundry sink or that tapware? So that's where becoming uh, whether you want to upgrade from those standard taps to something else or do you want to go from the framed 
glass shower screen to a frameless glass shower screen. So you're upgrading from the standard inclusions. And that's part of that whole selection process when you go through project builders. And a lot of them have display centres, so you can actually go in and see exactly what it is. You like it or you don't? Are you willing to pay an extra 2000 bucks for a frameless glass shower screen? You know, those are the decisions you have to make and to fit within your budget. Yeah, even smaller things, you know, things that you probably wouldn't always consider is maybe the amount of PowerPoints you have in a room or... Oh, couldn't agree more, or yes. The, or the type of PowerPoints, like some people want the ones where you can plug your phone directly The USB into. ones, certainly. Yeah, so... Yep, and even the, the different brands that are available for those have got different features, different looks... You know, electrical, there's so many choices just with the switch gear. And I won't even get into the home automation stuff. Oh, that's great. It's awesome stuff. Um, A lot of this can get hooked up to electronic keys to your front door to connect to your panel lift or the door opener in your garage to your heat pumps to your blinds, sound systems. It's really cool. So, Stand inclusions usually, just going back to that, is part of your standard project builder, volume builder, and then you're clear of what you're getting. When you're with a smaller builder, you don't have that. So a builder that, like there's one main builder, you might have three or four guys that work for him, they don't have that. You choose what you choose, and that is included in the contract. So in those circumstances, you would have to pick everything beforehand? Yeah. But Generally. you're picking it anyway. If with you're, if you're going with a project or volume builder, you're picking it anyway. So you need to go through a process of choosing the colour of your windows, the type of windows, and you should have already done the type of window with your building designer or architect. What type of cornice? What type of skirting? What type of door stop? What type of door handles? The hinges, two hinge or three hinge to your doors? Are you going for a standard cheapy door or are you going more expensive door throughout the house um yeah the the choices are endless and you you've got to go through a process and sometimes using an interior designer to help you with that is a great choice it's money well invested definitely especially for a new build where you're sort of starting from scratch and you you want sort of a really nice flow through the whole house or a theme or a certain look that you want They're, they're brilliant for this yeah and we we even talked a little bit about that in our alfresco Yes. Podcasts, you know, kind of getting that connection between the indoors and the outdoors as well and just having a really nice flow-on effect. 100%. Some of the smaller builders that don't have the level of detail and administration to actually do the choices with you. Some of them are really good at doing the kitchens or they go, hey, go see this kitchen guy. He does all my kitchens. You will do all your selections with him. I'll let him know what the budget is for that. And they could probably do the laundry and bathrooms joinery at the same time. Well, they, they they send them to their own specialists who will then sort out those items. That's not a bad way of doing it if I guess they have preferred suppliers. That, that's exactly right. But it means you're travelling all over town to do that where the project builders or, or volume builders, I keep saying, they actually have it all in one spot because it's part of that total package they offer. Now, we haven't even started going into the custom homes yet. Oh, that's a whole different kettle well, of fish. But it's still the same process. It doesn't change. 
you still need to be choosing all the uh, inclusions in the house as if you're doing uh, a standardised house. It doesn't matter what type. You've got to choose this stuff. You know, type of range hood, what type of cooktop. Do you want to have drawers? What type of drawers? Um, Self-closers. Uh, do you want to have... What type of bins do you want? What size microwave's going in under the bench? There's lots and lots of choices. It's a little. It can be a little bit overwhelming, I Certainly. imagine, for some people. And this is why I recommend you need to take your time on this. Have a clear spreadsheet of some kind. Uh, a lot of designers and architects can help you with that. You go sh- basically I tell them, go shopping. You know, go find the stuff. Go to Reese for all your plumbing. I love how Reese do their their setup and, and talking with their customers and what's available. I love how they do that. And, and there's plenty of other suppliers out there too. But it's taking advantage and understanding what they're telling you. Go to the specific tile shops. They'll be able to help you with that as well. So some of the tile shops are really cool. They have their own interior people that can help you tie all the tiles and other colours and stuff together too. Oh, definitely, 100%. Yeah, so there's a lot of work that you have to do for the builder, for the builder to be clear on the scope of the how, of the, your build. The designer or the architect may only do so much of it. They might do the whole thing for you. Because we do, you know, we can do that too, you know, do the full interiors, colours, selections. And now we've got customers asking us to help choose all the furniture. And that's, you know, we, we're helping them with all the furniture. That's fine. And there's lots of designers and architects that will do that for you or work with you on that. And, and it's a great way of doing it. And you get exactly what you want. But then it comes down to budgets and you keeping check on your budget as well. Yeah, it's it's investing in what you value as well, where you, where you want to place the value to your budget. Yes. Um, you know, some people... You know, love coming in and wanting us to help pick their furniture and their wall colours and have everything Certainly. tie in really nicely. Because um, it is quite hard to picture everything in a space. You know, we're really lucky that we use software that can kind yes. of do all of that for us so that they actually have Certainly. a picture of what it could look like. Yeah. A, a, a realistic render for your interior. 100%. And it does. It really does help. The thing that I struggle with sometimes is that people don't understand the effort that goes into compiling all this information. From you've got your design of your house, then you've got all the interiors, the colours. There's a lot there. It's huge, and you've got to invest the time for then to be able to give the builder exactly what you want. The builder then can he knows exactly everything, and he says, "Look, I can't get this tap." But I found an alternative. Can you research? Are you happy with that? Or I can't get this, the tile. They don't, they've actually stopped importing it in or stopped making it, whatever it may be. I had that with carpet when I did my build. So the stuff, the carpet that you ordered, they no longer make. You have to go choose another carpet. That was last minute. And that puts you under a lot of pressure too. That's just one of those things, unfortunately, isn't it? Be well prepared. That's it. Good communication. And that's why. Um, it's not just simple builder builds and it just goes perfectly. There's hiccups on the way and a good builder will communicate and they will offer to help or give you ideas where to go to for the help as well. Suggestions, alternatives. All that. Yeah. 
Um, and, and I love that. A, a good builder that just loves what he does because all they want to do is build a great house for you so you can move in and enjoy it. It's as simple as that. Like we love designing houses, extensions, whatever, for people and love seeing the end result. We don't always get to see the end no, result. No, we don't. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it's pretty good when we do. Oh, it's great. Yeah. It's very, yeah, very fulfilling, and especially if we've hit the target um, and the project's gone smoothly. Yeah, we love it. I'm sure builders, they must feel the same, you they know. They do. Because they, do. They, they invest just as much as what we would in building oh, yeah. a house yeah. as, you know, what we do d- helping our clients design them. And you can tell the passion with some of these builders as well. They are seriously passionate about what they do. They have a lot of pride in in how things are done, done their way. And that's why we like working with uh, builders to say, look, I want to do it this way. Fine, no problem. Let's do it that way. Still complies with the codes, still complies with everything, still get a great result. It's just doing it slightly different the way they wish to do it because they're comfortable with that. And that's a good way. It's, it's good communication both ways. And when they get to site, all their guys know how to do it. They know that it's cost-effective. They can stick to their, their budgets as they're building because they have to work to their estimates that they've uh, given you to build the house. So it's, uh, it's really cool to watch. But I've seen some builds, and, and you just look at the pride on them. It's awesome you know, when it's finished. Definitely. So what are, what are the take-home points for everyone out there considering um, building either their first, second, third, however many homes they have, what are the take-home points? Be clear on the scope and be clear on all your inclusions and the builder knows there's no to minimise the chances of any variations. The second part, do your background research uh, on the builder, are, are you going to get on with them? I mean, that's a good one. We did actually talk about that. Yeah. Are you actually going to get on with them? Do you think they, you know, this is a business exchange, but you have to get on with them. And when there's conflict or you don't want that, you don't want conflict with the builder. You want to be able to just work with them, be able to openly talk to, to the concerns that you have. And that's why talking to previous customers is a great way of doing that and looking at their work. Are you satisfied on the quality of their work? Well, we might leave it there. That was choosing your perfect builder. We'll see you again next time. You're listening to the Building Design Prime Time Podcast.